Welcome to this episode of the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci. I am joined by my co-host, Jordan Cohen from Real Browns Fans. Jordan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing real. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. That, that was a very weird really well because it was like one word, so it was like real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new word. Uh, and we are joined by our guest, Ashwin Ramnath, to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Ashwin, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, just hanging out, listening to um, various podcasts, not doing shit, so it's good. <laughs> Anything in particular that you've been uh, listening to? No, not really. Just been bouncing around. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been nice. The, I'm excited uh, about all the freakouts about England at the Euro podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like at, the Athletic had like six podcast notifications I got this morning, all about the same match. The guys like it's a little overloaded. <laughs> yeah, there's just constant like just the same, re, you know, regurgitated thoughts. It's like we all, at some point, it's just overkill. Just yeah, a... what do you guys think about Saka taking the fifth penalty, you know? Sorry, non-soccer listeners, we just had to break into a little bit of soccer talk for a second. But uh, we are here to talk about the Buffalo Bills and... Honestly, uh, let's start this off by uh, me doing one of my favorite things in the world, taking a victory lap. Josh Allen is amazing, and I called it the moment he was drafted. (laughs) That's true. That's true. You did. Uh, Josh Allen was my guy. He was the guy I wanted all along. But you know what? I'm happy that the Buffalo Bills got him because the Bills also were kind of going through a similar quarterback carousel for a long time. Well, did not reach I mean, yeah, the... Wait, hold on. I want to interrupt here for a second. Like, yes and no. They said, like, Terod Taylor and shit. Like, we were trotting out, like, Johnny Manziel, and they had Terod Taylor. So <laughs> That's fair. I was, just, I was about to say, let me finish my sentence. It didn't reach the depths of despair in Cleveland that it didn't... That, you know, in Buffalo that it did in Cleveland. Hmm. But they did have their fair share of quarterbacks that they cycled through. I mean, I would say it was just as bad. We didn't make the playoffs for 18 years. Even the Browns fluked a, what was it, Kelly Holcomb, the crazy Kelly Holcomb season. Yeah, um, yeah guys, it was longer for you guys. Yeah, we were in 99, and then the, the loss was the Music City Miracles. So it's pretty miserable 18 years, a lot of J.P. Lossman. We actually had Kelly Holcomb for a little bit, too. Um, we didn't have Kelly Holcomb for a little bit. We did. I, that's a good question. Trent Edwards... Trying to think who else. Tyrod Taylor, oh. Kyle Orton, Fitzpatrick, obviously. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really terrible quarterback play uh, sprinkled in there. Rob Johnson, obviously the legend. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a real fun 18 years in between. But I, you know, like Tyrod did actually help uh, end the end the streak. So he, yeah. he gets he gets credit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. He was the Josh Allen stuff with Tyrod was pretty kind of funny. Like just in so far, like this guy leaves because you guys are going to draft a quarterback, and then he goes to Cleveland, who then drafts a quarterback, and the dude like just has not been able to find a home since. And I like I think he's like a decent quarterback, so it's kind of funny to me. Well, he he's like one of these guys where, like, he's a really good backup. But he's if you have him as your starter, you know that you're not really doing anything. So it's kind of hard for a team to be like 
to get invested in that for a year because you're like, well, what's the point? Because we know he's not good enough. And like half the time, yeah, yeah, like, and to your point, he ends up on teams that are taking quarterbacks. And then, like, <laughs> they probably think about it in turn and they're like, well, why are we wasting any time with Tyrod Taylor when we have this, like, high draft pick we took and we'll just start them right like i mean that's what happened with mayfield in in uh in cleveland and then that, that happened again in uh san diego with um Herber. Herbert. Uh, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I think you made a very good point about tyrod being a good backup because traditionally when you see when a backup comes in what usually happens he throws a lot of dump off passes it's kind of like a quick hurry up offense and no pass goes about five or six yards down the field. And that's Tyrod Taylor, like, literally defined. Yeah, he's, like, the most captain checkdown player of all time, which is actually annoying because he has a pretty good deep ball. He just is, like, very, very risk-averse, which, again, like, I mean, there's value to that, but it's a very ceiling, like, it, it very much limits the the bounds of what your offense can do when your quarterback is, you know, just not really willing to to push the envelope at all. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of quarterbacks that are actually risk averse and like the opposite of Tyrod Taylor for a guy that's on one of our teams, at least is uh, Josh Allen. So, I mean, going into the season, like he was really fucking good last year, like in the MVP race for most of the season, I mean, do you think he repeats it? Like, it seems like you guys fix the offensive line or you tried to, which I think is really going to help him. Yeah, I, I so I think, um, look, I'm not like, first of all, I'm not like, a, I, I'm a football fan, but I'm not like, I, I'm not following the bill. Like, as soon as the bill season is over, I'm pretty much checked out until like July. Like, then okay. I'm like, okay, all right, now I'm going to start reading again. Like, the draft is fun. I follow the draft, but it's not like, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend when they draft anybody, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I've been crunching fucking offensive line film for, like, the past... <laughs> like, I don't have thoughts on that shit, you know? Like, the people that have, like, really strong thoughts on that that aren't doing that for a job are just weird to me. But, um, like, it's fair. not like the... It's, it's not like the NBA draft. Like, it's it's just not the same thing. It's, it's so much different. The classes are way bigger. The access to film and all that. And then, like, you know the average person doesn't understand offensive line play. They don't mm -hmm. understand defensive line play. They don't understand. Like, you don't even know, even if you know those things, you don't know what the fuck teams in college, what their scheme is asking of guys. And like, there's so much stuff that goes into, um, not even just, you know, draft evaluation of football, but just like, even like free agent player evaluation. That's how you get like smart teams capitalize on, you know, Oh, okay. This guy is really good for a zone blocking scheme but they had him doing a lot of like straight up man to man stuff. Right. So like, we think if we put him in our scheme, he'll be a much better fit and we'll get way more value out of him. So like stuff like that is where I think, you know, there's a lot of value anyway, to answer the question about Josh Allen. Um, I, again, I don't understand quarterback play to the, to a high level or something like that. Um, but I've seen a lot of like what he has done since he's, come into the to the league in terms of fixing his mechanics the work that he's put in the off seasons um and he's still put it like you can still see at times his feet just die in the pocket and he gets flat-footed and he'll like he has a crazy arm so he can get away with that and his mechanics are better now than they were for sure when he came in and 
better than they were his second year. So, like, he can get away with stuff, but, like, you can see he's still putting in the work into that. Um, do I think he'll have the same season? I mean, I, I don't remember what his stats were off the top of my head. It was, what, like, 4,500 yards passing, 40 touchdown passes or something like that, and I think it was had, really fucking good. Yeah, it was 37 like 37 touchdowns, 4,500 passing yards, just under 70 completion percentage. Yeah, and he only had 10 interceptions. Uh, I'm assuming he probably ran for another five or six, seven touchdowns or something. Um, like, he, he had an amazing season. Um, I Do I think he was MVP? Sure. Like, I, I did. I think he had a really valid case. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, like, all of the uh, the nerds uh, had Aaron Rodgers as their MVP. I don't really care. Uh, I I thought Allen had a better season. It's not like that big of a deal if you like yeah. Aaron Rodgers better. Obviously, he was great too. So cool. Um, do I think he'll have the same season? I don't know. Like I, again, it's it's such a good season. Um, but the thing with him and like he's a really interesting prospect because if you go back and like look at how people were talking about him, he's one of these guys where. A lot like it's funny to talk about like oh like like there's always like these tropes right like oh the big star the big tall guy with like the big arm all the all the scouts love him but like his metrics are garbage his passing numbers are garbage um but one of the things that alan was just like he's been like a late bloomer almost at every single stage of his career in terms of playing quarterback um he went to juco then he goes to like wyoming like and he's has to like beg to get to Wyoming basically right I mean he had to beg to get to Joko first of all <laughs> then he has to beg to get to Wyoming uh, and he has like uh, I mean he had like a really good season relative for Wyoming mm-hmm. um, but then he goes back for another year and then he missed like what four games I think they I think they went like zero and four in those four games that he missed but then he comes back for the bowl game which like a lot of guys I mean we see it all the time now right like guys. If they get injured, they're like, oh, I'm not coming back for the bowl game. Shit, guys will be healthy and they'll skip the bowl game, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, uh, they don't why would hurt? Yeah, I don't blame them either. Like, I, th- I think that that's totally reasonable. I, and I don't, I would never, I will never punish a player. I, at least for me, like, I would never punish a player's draft stock because they skipped a bowl game. But I do think it says something about his personality and who he is that he came back because he was by that point considered like, a lock for round one at minimum. Um, and I think by like, if you're a lock for round one as a quarterback, you're probably going to go top 15. Like it's just kind of how it works, right? Like the run on quarterbacks always exists early mm-hmm. in the draft um, because most of the time those teams suck and they need a quarterback. Uh, that's like, that's where the demand exists. Um, so like he comes back and, and it's just like his entire career. He's just shown like some of the most insane trajectory of growth like even as a rookie like i don't know how to explain it because i'm all for stats like i love stats i think they're very useful um i I will i'm not trying to like diminish them but like you know he's one of these guys where it's like his rookie season i mean i remember just watching him play and there was a ton that i would be like what the fuck are you doing man (laughs) um but like but like already was like like there's just stuff that he does in games and i'm not just talking about like you know his physical attributes but like his competitiveness his toughness um like you know i think quarterback is one position in sports where like that ability to inspire guys to like you know basically i mean it's base it's the one position in sports where guys almost to a certain level they have to be willing to sacrifice their own bodies for you 
Um, and like, you could just see that guys immediately responded to him and loved him because he's one of the, like, they had to like tell him to stop trying to like, you know, fucking hurdle dudes, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, we need you to play and be healthy. So like, that's awesome that you can do that. It's great that you can like jump over <laughs> Anthony Barr, but we prefer that you don't do that. Um, and I just like, you see that ever, I mean, he had that play against the Cowboys in Thanksgiving, his second season where he fumbles the snap, but then he like, you know, you think the play is over, he picks it up and like somehow manufactures the fourth and one conversion out of it. Um, like it's just stuff like that you see. And obviously now the fact that his quarterback skills have like, they went from just completely raw as a rookie Mm -hmm. to like better, but actually his second season to a degree, I thought he was like he had that nightmare game against the Patriots and he improved a lot after that. I think he only had three interceptions the rest of the season. And that was, I want to say that was the third game of the year. So he had three interceptions after that. Um, and that was, that was a great time of development, but like there was still a lot of stuff where you're like, he is, he wasn't proficient yet on the deep ball. Uh, and that took away a lot, but like his intermediate passing improved a shit ton his second year. And that was like the biggest, kind of okay like i mean i was i went into his second year and i was still like i'm i'm not, i don't know we'll see like th- there's a lot to like but i don't know by the end of the second year i was like okay like realistically if he just becomes okay at deep ball passing the leap he's made as an intermediate passer means that like you can compete with him you can definitely compete with him and then you know then he turns in like he has a superstar caliber season his third year um, and even then, like you're watching him, and there's still stuff that you're like, you. I still think there's plenty of stuff that he can clean up, as far as like some of his decision making, and, um, you know, I, I would say like, he he has shown a lot of development as a touch passer, but there's still time. Like, I think that he can do better at like, touch passing, wheel routes to like the running backs out of the backfield or screen passes and stuff like that. Like, there's still plenty of room for growth there and also just i think he still has a tendency to he's always trying to make a play and so he can get loose with protecting the ball i think he's still pretty high in fumbles i don't have the number in front of me um but that's definitely still something that i think he can improve in but um you know like the the star upside play like he's definitely a guy if he gets hot at the right time you can win a super bowl with him um and he's clearly able to put together a superstar level season. So, you know, how do I feel about him? I feel better than I've felt about the bills quarterback situation since, I don't know, Jim Kelly was playing quarterback, which is a long time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how good I feel about Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, I like to me and you see it compared to Baker where I think one of the big things Josh Allen made like this leap in his second year, it's just like the game to game consistency, uh, which is like something we haven't really seen as much from Baker. But uh, starting out in second year, like I think about halfway through and really through the playoffs, he was playing pretty like you knew what you were going to get, give or take. And then this past year, he just I mean, there was a few games in the middle of the year where he wasn't as great. But like overall, he just I mean, he was incredible this year and like. People talk about that Chiefs game like it was just a complete blowout, but it wasn't. Like, I watched the game. The Bills were in it for a decent chunk, 
Well, and... it's also it's also like let's it was a blowout, but it's also the point of if your defense literally cannot do anything, then right. you're it, like then you basically need Josh Allen. You have to have one of those games he had like well he had like the Seattle game this year where he was just like he could not miss. You know, thirty-one of thirty-eight, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, like a game like that where you're literally perfect, and that's that's impossible. I mean, they ended up losing by like two touchdowns. They were down by three. Um, he didn't have like a great postseason, but I don't think, I, I I think the bigger issue, and that's probably something that, you know, I, I think that's something that they hinted at. Uh, you know, McDermott and Brandon Bean, they both kind of hinted at it in their postseason and press conferences and stuff. Um, was like, it's fine to be a pass-heavy offense, but you need to be good at running the ball when you do run it because you need to make defenses honor that. And they didn't honor it at all in the playoffs. You could see it. Like, you know, against Baltimore, they did not honor the run. Uh, Kansas City did not honor the run at all. And we couldn't make, we couldn't punish them. You know, like, that's the part that's tough because if you can't punish them, um, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta, then you're kind of like, you become very one-dimensional. You become very easy to defend. Obviously, the playoffs are very different than, um, you know, the regular season, which we all know. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, give him a pass. He probably he could have played better, for sure, against Kansas City. But, like, you know, it's your first – it's his second playoffs. He wins two games. I mean, the game against Indianapolis, he single-handedly won us that game. Um, he was the entire offense. So, um, you know, like – it's it's kind of the give and take, but um, you know I think I think he knows that like you know you he's on the sideline he's watching that game against Kansas City he sees like okay like I still have another level I need to get to because that guy over there is like playing at another level right um, and I think he knows that I think he like in terms of raw ability I mean he, he, like just as a pure talent he might be the most talented quarterback in the NFL just in terms of like the ability to make every throw, the fact that he can, I mean, he's mobile as hell. He's gigantic. So he's not easy to bring down. Um, like there, there's nothing that you would ask of a quarterback that Josh Allen would be like, nah, I can't do that, man. Yeah. And I mean, like looking, so I just pulled up some stats from uh sports info solutions, the bills, got stopped at the line. So runs of zero yards are less the second most times in the NFL, (laughs) 27.4% of the time. But, but wait, it gets worse because like you have the 49ers who at least like were the worst at 28.7%, but they also have end up having like a lot of big runs. Yeah. They must be high in explosives, right? Right. Exactly. Um, so if I, it like froze on me, here we go. Yeah, so the 49ers still have, like, a boom percentage, which is the opposite. Uh, I mean, they weren't great. Actually, they were worse than the Bills. They were at 5.2%. But the Bills were not much better at 6.7%. So, like, 6.7% of these runs were big for you guys, and 27%, just against four defensive linemen, which may explain the 49ers, too. Uh, Four defensive linemen, you guys, like, 27% of the time got zero yards or less, which... Like, I mean, I think you're right. Like, being a regular season team, that's fine. And I think we even saw that kind of – we've seen that with the Chiefs offense, which has been amazing in the playoffs the past years, but it hasn't been as amazing as it's been in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like, I think in the regular season, teams – yes, you're preparing for the other team, but you're also not going to just design, like – 
this perfect game plan because you're worried about 8 million other things. Whereas in the playoffs, like it's very directed teams figure you out. And I mean, I like, if I remember that chiefs game, right. They just like rushed for the whole game. Yeah. They, they, I think they mixed, I think they did a lot of like those uh, three safety looks. Yeah. um, Which I know that's always kind of been that that's like generally given us a problem. And I think it's like really hard. If you can't run against that look, that's a really big problem because yeah, you're so much more mo- like they have so much more speed on the field. So your windows now in the passing game are tighter. Um, I mean, like, look, you have Diggs, you got Beasley, you had Gabe Davis, who was really good. I think he actually might have been injured for that game, though. I mean, I'm not trying like or not John Brown, whatever. One of the John guys. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. He was injured. He's gone now. I think that's actually fine. We replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is an upgrade. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, like. We have a lot of good weapons in the passing game, obviously. That's not the concern. But, like, you know, I mean, it's like the NBA playoffs, right? Like, te- like you get to that stage of the season, teams aren't – these are the best teams in the NFL you're facing, right? Um, like, you're not going to be able to beat them with what you want to do. You're not even going to be able to beat them with the second thing that you want to do, right? You need, like, the third and fourth and the fifth things to really be hitting. And so, like, you know – it's great that Stefan Diggs can just like win games for you in the regular season because nobody can cover him, but you get to the playoffs and yeah, Baltimore, Kansas city, these teams, they're, they're not going to let Stefan Diggs just, you know, get 10 catches and a half and, and destroy you. Right. They're like, no, we're taking him away and, and we're taking away Cole Beasley. So you can beat us with Gabe Davis or Dawson Knox or Devin Singletary. And the problem is like, again, if you can't run the ball, then you're literally depending on your third, fourth, and fifth guys in the passing game to really be game breakers. Um, if you could run the ball even a little bit, then I think like all of a sudden Diggs has more of an impact, Beasley has more of an impact because they can't just sit on those guys. Um, and I, well, I think like, like you tell to me, like I'm just looking at these stats. So with five guys or less in the box, the Bills only ran the ball 20 times all season. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, twenty. No, it, it, it's it's fr- it was frustrating, and I I like, I don't know how much of it is like I believe they did switch their blocking scheme a bit last year, their run blocking scheme, um, which I think was a reason that um, they didn't have Morris pull as much last year, which is weird because that's I mean that was like his big thing when we signed him was like he's such an athletic center so you want to get him on the move and like he's always been really good as a pull like when he, when he gets to pull and he can get on the run game um but i don't think he we did that as much with him um he might also may, maybe it's a physical regression thing i know that there was some scuttle but that they might even try to they might even consider waiving him this offseason but i think they ended up restructuring really? his yeah they might i think they ended up restructuring his contract a little bit so um yeah, I, look, I think the one of the good things is they brought back the entire O-line. Uh, and we'll have um, Cody Ford will be back again healthy. He, he showed some really good signs early last season, especially in the run game. I think he's a specific type of player that they need on the line to kind of give them an edge in the run game because he is, you know, he he's, when you can kick him inside the guard, he can just start mauling dudes. He's a lot more effective than when he has to play. Like they tried him at right tackle and he was all right, but he, you know, he's more of a guy you have to help out 
at the, at tackle, whereas at guard, he's just like you can Lamar. let him. Yeah, you can just let him kick ass. So, um, I think that'll help. Dawkins has been really good for us. You know, if Morris can have a nice little bounce back year, like there's the the offensive line all and again, like you know, we see this with offensive lines all the time. When you can keep those guys together, the longer they play together, the more they gel, and generally you get some benefit out of that. Um, and I, I will say, I think I I, I don't. I don't see the. I don't think the issue was the running backs last year. Um, I know there were a lot of people that were down on Singletary after a second season. Um, Moss got injured. He was good when he played. I thought, especially the second half of the season, he he really started to, to kind of the game. I think started to slow down for him a little bit. Um, so I, I'm pretty. I don't think those guys were the issue. I think the offensive line just did not get a good push. Um, they did not have gaps to exploit, but. You know, if that's something they can that that improves this season, that'll be huge. Uh, that'll be really, really big. And I mean, look, I I love psycho crazy amounts of passing, but like it, it was a bit much. It, it was <laughs> it was a lot. Like there were too many games where you're like, like I'm just I'm just look I'm gonna read off his attempts, right? Just game by game. 46, 35, 33, 34, 41. 27, 43, 18, 38, 49, 24, 40, 43, 40, 36, 25. Like, that seems just too imbalanced for me. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't like – maybe that's just, like, me being a boomer, but I would like to run the ball a little bit more. I think that having a little bit more balance would be nice. And, I, you know, to another point, another aspect, too, would be, like, you know, if Dawson Knox can make another improvement in his game, if Jacob Hollister can come in and give us a little bit more dynamic uh, play from the tight end position, those are also other elements to the overall uh, situation as well. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm just, I, I'm continuing to mess around with sets. Like, I don't even think it was a play calling thing either. Like design gap percentage, which basically is like, this is the amount of times the gap, the running back like can hit, like, which is kind of play design. So, mm-hmm. like, Browns rank number two at 79, Patriots number one at 82. Bills were four at uh, 79%. So, like, I think that it wasn't a play design thing. And that means the running backs are hitting the gap. Which, to me, probably means it is an offensive line thing. Like, the running backs were hitting the gap, but the pressure already was getting through. Our guard and, play and, was really bad last year. Yeah. I yeah, That's what I, I mean, I, I think to me that signals that just like you get, I mean, I think Ford coming back is good. I remember, I mean, when they drafted him, they kept saying he was the right tackle. So I think moving him to guards good. I know you drafted two offensive linemen. I don't think either are going to figure in this year, right? That's no, I, I I mean, offensive they, they linemen, the offensive linemen. Yeah. yeah, like I, Although like something's Spencer, wrong. Spencer Brown is what? He's coming from like Northern Iowa. He's a physical yeah. specimen for sure, but. Like, even the way they were talking about him, it, it was definitely like, look, this guy, it was just a value that we saw on the board. He's a physical specimen. We're not expecting much from him this season. Um, I mean, that was kind of like a theme. Like, I, I it was kind of interesting what they did with the draft because they went defensive end with both of their the first pick and their second pick. Um, I know people are really all over the place with Rousseau. That's who they picked in the first round from Miami. Um he skipped last season. He opted out, whatever the whatever the fuck they called it. Um, he opted out because of COVID. Um, and then they took Carl Basham in the second round, who it seems across the board, everybody loves that pick. And they oh, love yeah. him. Um, James and I loved him going into the draft. We were kind of like, yeah, this is the guy Browns could take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 
yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, as far as Rousseau goes, he was someone I didn't quite know what to make of him. Um, he did have the one productive season. Yeah, he didn't. He only played one game the year before, and he skipped out in 2020 because of COVID. But, I mean, as ridiculous as this sounds, I feel he's, like, too tall and has too small of a frame. So Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, like, he's built in very odd ways. Uh, I mean, he was... I want to. Who's the guy that they? Um, I forgot who he said. Is it? Not, it's not Dunlap. Who's the tall? Uh, Clay Campbell. Right? Yeah. He's the. Yeah. He like that's. So he even like mentioned in one of his pre-draft workouts or something that he's like, yeah, like that's a guy that, I like have looked up. Like I try to model or whatever. Clay Campbell's like forty pounds heavier. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that uh, they they want him to gain weight. I think he's. I believe he put on, twenty-five pounds between when he played his whatever whatever season that was that was 2019 mm-hmm. 20 presumably and when he got drafted i i think don't you can google it you can check it out if you want i'm pretty sure that's the case but if not either way he is just somebody i think that they're like they are betting that we'll get him into our strength and conditioning program and we will get more out of him um like they made a similar bet with AJ Epinesa where they yeah. they drafted him and then they actually had him cut weight I believe if I yeah. yeah they wanted him to play smaller um and he struggled with that initially at the start of last season but then towards the end of last season you could start seeing like he was getting off the edge he's getting pressures mm-hmm. um so I I I don't know how to feel about that like I I again like I genuinely I when I watch the draft, I'm just like, I broadly think of it more as like how teams draft in terms of position signals something about like their intelligence and understanding positional value. But I don't care that much of like, I don't know enough about the prospects to have like strong opinions. Um, Basham is definitely somebody who like fits the mold of what I would ideally like to have as a prospect. Like, you know, high motor, super productive every year. Uh, everybody that is, I've ever, any quote I've seen about him is basically just like fanboying of him, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's just like unabashed praise for him. So he's somebody I really, like. I, I was pretty excited about. Either way, like, I guess for me, what I liked about that is we, it's, it's a good defense, but you need to have guys, like that Kansas City game, was so frustrating to watch both times we played them last year because we played them in the regular season too, because that's a like those are the type of quarterbacks you need to have guys that can just win, just win matchups mm-hmm. and get to him. And that's how Tampa it, won. Yeah, exactly. Like Tampa's defensive line was crazy, right? Like they were so good, and they got away with the fact that like their secondary was just filled with guys that love to gamble. Like it's not like amazing positional discipline, right? It's just like okay, well, we'll just pressure you, and our guys on the back end will like capitalize on that, which is a pretty good strategy. Um, we didn't have that, so like, you know, Jerry Hughes has been great for us. Uh, he's still like an effective passer or pass rusher. Uh, I I don't know. I know his sack total was low, but I'm pretty sure his pressure rate is like elite like i I don't know if you have access to that but like i'm I'm almost positive it's like among the best in the league um but other than that i mean you had epinesa who is a rookie so expecting him to come in like you know that's the other thing right you have a rookie come in you can't expect him to just like 
especially at defensive end, like unless you're one of these freaks, you don't just come in and like, yeah, I, I got, I'm helping you get like eight, nine, ten sacks a season. I'm pressuring the quarterback consistently. That's a lot to ask of him, especially when you're also asking him like, hey, we want you to cut like 20 pounds, right? Like that's a lot to ask of a young guy. So um, I'm, I cautiously optimistic he'll have a much better second season. I think that they, the other thing I believe that they liked about Rousseau was that he can kick inside as well. Him and Basham, yeah. I think both have played, they both played like both outside and inside. And I kind of wonder if they just want to have a lot of versatility and, and they're betting on like that being able to kind of create mismatches for them to win in pass rushing situations. I mean, that could be it. I mean, um, <clears throat> You know, that doesn't necessarily sound something that that's all too different from what Cleveland's doing with some of their moves I'm not necessarily a fan of, but it seems like if they're trying to emulate any sort of defensive line package, it's the the quote unquote NASCAR package the Giants, the Giants used to have. Yeah, yeah. Where they're yeah. able to there's like we got four defensive ends and we're just gonna pass rush, which might not be the worst thing if you're playing against someone like Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I completely agree. And I think um, you know, like one of the other things that hurt the defense last year was Milano was out for a really long time. And like, mm-hmm. I, and you know, Edmonds played basically the whole season, but he got hurt one of the first games of the season. And like, you could tell he was not moving right until like, I want to say maybe the like the week, like our 11th game of the season against the chargers. Like, it, like noticeably he was garbage for a lot of the season, even mm-hmm. though he was out there. Um, I'm, pretty confident he'll have a better season next year milano when he's healthy every time he's been healthy he's like a super high impact player for us uh the back end is fine it's trey white jordan poyer mike mika hyde uh you know will the the big the biggest problem for us has been that corner two spot Mm -hmm. um but like if that's your biggest problem as a defense you know like that's kind of like where you're you hope the pass rush can step up right because that that's really the biggest that was the biggest issue for the team as a whole i thought last year i mean we spent a lot of time talking about the offense but like ultimately it was what like a top i think it was the top scoring offense in the league um it it, it, they, it was super productive the biggest issue for us was the lack of pass rush um and i don't like i, th- I think it hurt us in a lot of ways we didn't generate as many turnovers as we have as we have the previous uh you know mcdermott's first two seasons as a coach so or three seasons i should say um so that's just something where you know we'll see what they get out of it they also signed this guy fa abetta from carolina he is he's got a really interesting story i mean you should just google him sometime he's like from england he basically didn't play football at all until he was 20 or something like that he's like you know he was homeless until he was 16 or 17 it's a pretty crazy wild story um but he's like a super he's another one of these late bloomer guys but he's like he apparently was really productive in limited snaps the last couple of years in carolina and you know we know that mcdermott and beam like to take guys from carolina all the time um the other thing that should help us is our run defense should be better with star uh latula layback i know that the metrics don't particularly understand why he's good um, <laughs> but i can tell you having watched the bills defend the rush without him uh that they're much better with him and i think the biggest beneficiary of that will be at oliver um who mm-hmm. i expect will have a significantly 
more um I, I I know all the film guys that I follow uh for Bill stuff, they loved Ed Oliver. They thought he had a really good season last year. Um I, I expect that them and the casual fans like myself will all have a very connected meeting point on Ed Oliver this season where we're he's productive and he's good on film and everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, so I, I just looked up all the pressure stuff. So for context, there's 132 players in the NFL with over 20 pressures last season. The Bills had three of them, which is bad. I mean, like statistically, it's a bad average. But like when you look at the playoff teams, it's all right, substantially right. higher than that. Like for context, the Buccaneers had six. Um, <laughs> and out of those three, the only one with over 40 was Jerry Hughes. So you basically had one elite pass rusher, and then Mario Addison and Ed Oliver were both in the 30s, so, like, two good pass rushers. And that's it. Like, for, like, Browns context, the Browns had four, and Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, and Adrian Claiborne. Like, Adrian Claiborne was awful last year. Like, he was, like, he was genuinely, a, like, negative player, and he has over 20 pass rushes. So I think that that like just I mean your defense took a step back last year as you kind of noted yeah. and I think just getting these guys back getting pass rushers back I don't love like I don't really know who your second cornerback is um but yeah yeah they've been they've been like it's been a kind of I, I, so there's this guy Dane Johnson he played a little bit last season but I think that they're really high on him internally um I know they like Levi Wallace he's still around he's he's nice he's like a nice player that unfortunately has some limitations he's like super skinny like he can get taken advantage of he's not the quickest to twitch athlete he's not the most explosive athlete he's a good player like he he plays to the scheme he sticks with it you know he he doesn't he's not gonna destroy you but he's also not gonna like he's not making game-changing plays and stuff um so like yeah i think that the, the two corner and the nickel spot those are two areas um i think that they'll We'll see. I, I'm, they, you know, they signed what was his name, Josh Norman last year. He was terrible, complete waste of money. Um, it says everybody who signed Josh Norman ever. I know, right? <laughs> I, I still have no idea how that guy parlayed himself into being cast as like the best cornerback in the league at one point. That was insane. He was really obnoxious in Carolina, but like not it, his numbers. I think were all right, but he just like got plotted because he would get into fights with the guys like Odell Beckham, and then play well like in one game. And they got a massive contract, and then the rest is history. Well, they all, didn't he also go to Washington and they played like a man scheme? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yes. that that has burned so many corners over like the past like two decades because they've been running the same defense. There are a version of it, and every single time a, a zone corner goes to Washington, they suddenly become absolute garbage. <laughs> or you know, you go a guy from Washington to somewhere else. I remember when. Um, Oh, who was it? It was someone from Washington. He went and played for. Oh, it was, it was the, uh, it was the Raiders. It was uh, D'Angelo Hall. He played oh, for the yeah. Raiders for he one year. Like, he was absolutely garbage in their man scheme. Went to Washington, was good in their zone scheme. And I have a friend who was so upset at the fact that Hall was so bad in Oakland, but seemed to be actually productive in Washington. Yeah, that happens all the time in the NFL. They did that with. Um... Who's the guy they got from the Giants? It's a completely different position. The the offensive lineman. Uh shit. Uh, he was a left tackle. 
for the Giants. He was terrible for them. And then I think the Giants just like sent him to Washington for like a six rounder or something. And yeah, he, and then he went to the zone blo- zone blocking. Well, team. And, he, and he played guard. No, he played guard. And he's like, I think he's been like really good for them since then. Yeah. I forgot his name, but it's hilarious. I, it's it's insane to me how many NFL teams do that stuff constantly. Um, but I I do think one thing I did was really interesting. McDermott said this after the season. He talked about you know. Um, so like he's mixed in a lot of different stuff. Like they're not the Bills aren't exclusively zone. They're not exclusively man to man. He likes to mix things up. Trey, I think that's why a big reason why he loved Trey White and why they picked him and how, why he's been so good for Buffalo is like he's comfortable playing man to man, but he's also really good in zone. Um, so you can mix things up with him. Um, but like he talked about needing to evolve and that like as a defense you constantly need to evolve like you can't just be happy with how good you are because teams you know schemes are always changing right like they're always you know once you think you figured everything out all it takes is one team to figure out one th- the the weakness in your what your scheme is right and then you're, you you got to figure you got to reinvent the wheel like i mean that happened with the rams right belichick mm-hmm. like basically exposed their offense for what it was and like it took i mean it took uh, what's his name? I can't. I can't think of his McVay. name. McVeigh. It took yeah. him like a year to figure. Yeah, it took it him out. like a year to like adjust everything, and it also took him like, you know, a year and uh, wanting to murder poor uh, Jared poor, Goff. Yeah, poor Jared Goff uh, to, to figure it out. But like, yeah, I mean, that's what it takes. I mean, even Belichick has had these issues, right? Like his, de- mm-hmm. like he's his defense has had downs too. Like, I mean, I know it's easy to just pretend like he's the Patriots have had like a top three defense the entire time he's been there that which is it's just not the case um right. it, it it it's always evolving but i think i don't know what the evolution is uh, i do think one of the i i know that mcdermott has for a year or two really wanted to get a third safety look incorporate that into the defense uh who was the guy that the patriots drafted a couple years ago the the 24 year old guy like was it uh, something Duggar is that right or oh yeah uh Kyle Duggar yeah he, he was from a small school right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that was I, last year yeah it was last yeah. year like they were I know the bills were like super they were really really high in him and I'm almost positive uh that was McDermott McDermott is he was a defensive back it's like that is his the first thing he did when he got to Buffalo was <laughs> trade down get get Trey White, sign Jordan Poyer, sign Micah Hyde. Like, that was, you know, that's the first thing he did. He mm-hmm. he wants that. I think he really wants that that kind of viper safety, right? Like, that guy that can kind of, you can play him, you can line him up all over the field, right? That that kind of, like, that piece, that chess piece, that queen on the chessboard. Um, I'm, I, I would bet money that he loves... Um, Jabril Peppers. I'm, I'm like almost positive you would love him, right? Like I, I love Jabril Peppers. Yeah. I'm still in the Jabril Peppers bandwagon. Well, he, he was good for the Giants last year. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, the Giants defensive coordinator is like a savant. Like, I was yeah. sending James highlights from that. Like, he's incredible. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Jabril Peppers was great this year. Yeah, like he, I mean, th- these are, he basically wants a guy that he can like use in some unique fashion that he envisions Right, like that's basically what a guy like Jabril Peppers is. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that you're like, okay, dude, go play free safety, because he's gonna be like, wait, 
What? Like, <laughs> yeah, the Browns just... tried that. Uh, yeah, years. yeah, we had Jabril Peppers playing in fucking Toledo every single game where <laughs> <laughs> he's playing 30 yards downfield. It was just like, dude, what is this? Yeah, Jabril Peppers is like, like that. I, I, I just use him as an example because, you know, he's one of these guys in college where if you watched him in college, he was basically like, he would line up anywhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. he would. Including be, on offense. Yeah, yeah, but he would he'd be playing linebacker. He'd yeah. blitz off the edge. He, and and I think, that, you know, Kansas City has had a lot of success in the playoffs with those three safety looks. I think they use, um what's his name, Sorensen? They line yep. him up all over. Mm-hmm. And that's. And then Honey that, Badger plays that role, too. Right. And and that's that is the piece that I think McDermott really really wants. I know they've drafted a few safeties, um, and they drafted a linebacker from Miami a couple of years ago, Voshan Joseph, in the sixth round. I believe they converted him to a safety. Like there, he's definitely trying to like figure out a guy that he can use there because that is the thing he really wants. Um, so we'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what the uh, the evolution of his defense is because. He is. He was definitely hinting that like there needed to be one. Defense, like year to year, like if you look at the Bears, right? The Bears had that the one of the best defenses I've ever seen a few years ago. The year they traded for Khalil Mack, and then like the year after they were good. But I think, like Schwinn, to your point, it defense is just so unsticky, even less sticky than off. Like I think offense, you can get figured out, right? Like the McVay, even uh, last year, Kyle Shanahan, like mm-hmm. I, I, they figure you get figured out. But defense, especially to me, like year to year is just so variable. And there's kind of two ways to go about addressing that. One is adding new players and two is changing the scheme. And that, I guess three is doing both. And it feels like you guys did both this off season, like not in a way that it's going to be totally different, but drafted two line or two edge rushers high uh it just kind of like built out this you have some young guys on that defense like uh epinesa and these guys who are going to get older for a year like i if that defense goes back to where it was two years ago and the offense just stays course like even even if the offense even if the offense regresses like a bit that's fine yeah Yeah. (laughs) like i i I mean like it just it's a and i mean McDermott is like the defensive wizard. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel good about you guys this year. Like as a general, like at people, I saw some hot take, like the Patriots are going to win the AFC East oh, and get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Patriots are not winning the AFC East. What, the, I, the, the, I would the, the, the Dolphins before the Patriots. Well, like the Patriots had this, they got a lot of praise and I understand it. Like it, you know, I guess it's, it's good. Fine. Like they deserve credit for, they went out there and they addressed the the things that they needed. They needed to get more dynamic in the passing game, blah, blah, blah. But, like, they have drafted so many fucking tight ends, and then they paid out of their ass for two guys, right? Like, I forgot who it was. And it's like, okay, you can give these guys credit if you want for that. But, like, any other team that does that, that spends high draft capital on a specific position, and it's – and, like, as – tight end, to me, it is not a premium position. That's a position where if you have an elite guy, he makes it a premium position. But broadly speaking, like unless you're one of these top three, four, five, maybe tight ends, the rest of those guys are just like they're dudes. They're just dudes. Yeah. It's interchangeable. Like, yeah, like they're they're dudes. Um, any other team that does what they did, having spent the capital they did on tight end, 
and then spending the free agent dollars they did on the position would get slaughtered. They would get absolutely slaughtered for it. I forgot who they signed the guy from the I, I don't even remember who they signed. It was uh, like the Hunter Henry the, and Johnu Smith. Right. Yeah, yeah. Those the, and it's like and isn't Henry Henry's had like all kinds of injury issues, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> I'm looking at their wide receiver group right now and I'm it's asking awesome. myself, who the hell are these people? And Keel Harry formation. They're going to line up with no receivers, no receiver set. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Belichick. Honestly, he's going to come out with just, he's going to come out and run like the Notre Dame box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to run like the Navy triple option this year. <laughs> I and, mean, they're, hey, they're... everybody's going to talk about how great the Mac Jones pick was. He'll throw like six passes on the year and they'll all be completions. And everybody's like, Belichick's a genius. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're going to be running the, you know, the wishbone with Cam Newton. All right. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't watch a ton of – I mean, I don't like watching – Alabama is just a weird team to watch in general because it's like the quarterbacks are atrocious. <laughs> like you're, I mean, not just that you're throwing to like – it's impossible to evaluate these guys reasonably because they're throwing to three first-round picks every year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. Mac Jones, I just watch that guy, and I'm like, he's fine. Like, Yeah, like that's – that's a guy. That's a guy that's like, that feels like a second or third round pick. Like I, I'm not watching him. Like there, to me, there's like no star upside there. There's no like this guy could morph into you know top ten five quarterback or something like that. Well, Jordan just said it. He called him Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. But <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a second round pick. <laughs> no, he's a third round pick. Yeah, okay, thank you. He was a third round pick. <laughs> yeah, like I. I don't know. I, I, In correction, he was a fourth rounder. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I would say this: like I, when I look at the division and just look at how the teams have operated over the last year, two years, um, I think the Bills are the best team in the division. I think the Dolphins are second. I can see the I can see the Patriots finishing second or third. Um, I could see, like I think those two teams are fighting for second and third. But as far as like trajectory of the franchises I, I think the Patriots have the worst trajectory like by far That's I, fair. I, I think I think that I, I I love to troll the Jets and Jets fans and stuff but like <laughs> I, I think Joe Douglas has done a really good job in terms of just like eating the shit that needed to be eaten and mm-hmm. then now like I mean you look at their situation they've got a really good cap sheet uh, they're loaded with picks they, they I mean the, the Jamal Adams trade was like highway robbery uh, that was insane. I could not believe the package they got for him. I can't believe people thought it was a bad trade for them. Like, you're trading a fucking box safety for two first-round picks to a team that is seems like it wants to implode. Um, you know, like, I, I don't know. I thought that was a great trade. I think they got a third-round pick maybe in that deal, too. Um, and, Dude. yeah, and and, like, I think, you know, again, I don't know too much about the draft. But the again the way they've drafted in terms of positional value, I think it's been really good. Um, and you know I don't know shit about Zach Wilson. Everybody seems to love his upside. Um, I don't know. Maybe he I, I, the tape I've seen of him is he does do things that are like insane. Um, his arm strength is unbelievable. His athleticism, all that shit. So I, I you know people seem to have loved their draft. Who was the guy the offensive lineman they drafted? Uh, Elijah Vera or something from yeah. USC. Like yeah. people loved him. I think he was con- he's considered like a, he was considered like what a can't miss 
um, prospect, right? Like a guy that who's just definitely going to be good in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but like I, I like that you know look he didn't just and he didn't just sit there and draft like he got Zach Wilson sure they built out the line finally um, they went out and got like I, who did they sign the wide receiver they signed in free agency I thought was a really good value pickup uh, can't remember who it was, it was the was it the Titans guy uh, Corey Corey Davis Corey Davis I have never I, been I, a Corey Davis fan never no but I think Schwinn's point's right like that, the, that's, that's fair though. a guy like Corey Davis like. He has he has shown a ton of upside. Like that translates. Yeah, and it's like they didn't pay him shit. If you look at some of the other wide receiver contracts that went out, and then you compare like what they paid, you know, I just think that like he's this is the smartest I've seen the Jets run in God knows how long. Like I think it's been a long time. You know, like <clears throat> you can just see, you can kind of tell, right? Like you can tell he ate the shit that needed to be in the first two years. He's you know cleaning out the cap he's basically i mean he basically was like tearing out the team to get capital draft capital build it back up and then he you know he he let he let gase do his thing for a year so he could get a nice quarterback in the draft let gase walk i think i think robert Sala is a good hire i mean and then picking you know figuring out like how good a first-time head coach is in the nfl mm-hmm. it, i i leave that to whoever wants to waste their time trying to figure that stuff out because I think it's fucking impossible. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think Sal is a good hire. I think he's got the right kind of the way he, he definitely carries himself and in, in a way that is much more appropriate for an NFL head coach than fucking Adam Gase. Um, well, he's a psychopath. So, so yeah, like Gase is, who knows that guy's, well, he was awful. He was doomed I from the opening press he has conference. Balls going, he was like high in that first press conference. So he has balls <laughs> for doing that. But um... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I like what they've done. I think the dolphins are in a really good spot, but man, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll curious about what you guys think, but I, again, I, I didn't watch a shit ton of them, but when I did see them, I'm not the. I know Tua had a really devastating injury. Maybe he'll be look stronger now. But like, I was not impressed with him. Much no, at all. no. I, I, Tua reminds me of like between the both of our teams, the Bills and the Browns. Like any of these quarterbacks that dra- got drafted high without a lot of arm strength, like your Brady Quinn type guys, where like they had a great college career playing with great teammates, they get drafted high. And then, like, it's very clear they're not great at, like, throwing in tight windows or anything like that. And they just have so much to grow. And, like, people are like, oh, well, Tua's mobile. But he's not. He's a pretty static quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. I I also think I like Philbin. I think their strategy for the rebuild was smart. Not dissimilar to kind of what the Jets did. Like, build in these schemes and if you can't run them you can't run them but they're the best way to win and fill in the holes it just like sometimes you just don't draft well yeah yeah and and it's it and that's fine like that's okay like it's it that that's the point of stockpiling picks which i think a lot of people like don't they forget is like right. the nfl draft is so much of it is just volume like mm-hmm. yeah. the volume of guys that you pick um and yeah, like I, I think the Dolphins, they're again, they're in a good spot. I didn't love a lot. Of, some of their free agent stuff has been weird to me. Like, they're getting like, okay, yeah, you're getting better players, but is it worth it to just get better players? You know, like, 
like when they they signed Sha- Shaq Lawson from us, I love Shaq Lawson. He's like an awesome dude, but you know, there's a reason why he was our third defensive end. He's our third defensive end. Okay, like like are not a team that has a dynamic pass rush. Three He's... guys with over twenty pressures. <laughs> <laughs> like he, like when they signed him from us, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I I don't know. Like I, I just I'm a little. They're at a very interesting point. I mean, they did absolutely crush a few of these deals, right? Like the Tunsil deal was insane. Um, they had another deal, right? They made with was it, who oh, the it? cornerback they traded. Uh, the cornerback said they went to Pittsburgh. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, Fitzpatrick, yeah. Patrick, they got like a first, I think, for him. Yeah, I thought that was a good deal for them. Like, I, I, I do like all their the kind of transactions they've made. I'm just not sure about their roster um i do like some of their talent though it it does feel like like i like gasicki a lot i think he's a really dynamic tight end um they have a wide receiver i can't remember his name but like they just have a they have a lot of pieces there that i like and i'm just like i feel like tua is just not the guy and they're gonna suffer for that i I mean i i guess like my view is so they they bring it the patriots defensive scheme right so man coverage Mm -hmm. pretty much throughout with like little bit of cover two thrown in, but mainly just like man coverage. And then they have kind of like this Chiefsy, Eaglesy offense. And I, I mean that in a good way. Like just that does a lot of everything. You're asking a lot out of the cornerbacks and the quarterback to be able to run those schemes. And like if you miss and I, I think their corners are actually pretty good, but like if you miss on quarterback and I even if Tua is a good quarterback, right? Like, let's say Tua and Mac Jones are both Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. That I don't. I mean, that's where. I mean, it's kind of to be honest, it's kind of where the Browns are right now with Baker, which is it's not where you want to be, right? Because the guy is going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs uh, if he has a good team around him. With that, and like, I think that's a reach for Tua. I don't think Tua has shown any what close to what Baker showed his rookie year. And I, again, I'm not super high on Baker, but. Like, even if Tua gets there, it's not where you want to be because then you're stuck with this guy. Like, because you're probably going to resign him. And he's yeah. just good. That's it, it. I, it's it, it, they, so like they, okay, I forgot. I was trying to, I was looking at their roster trying to figure out what they did this offseason. So, what they got, they drafted Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume he looked great in college. I have no idea what that means for the NFL. Um, he's a smaller guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's explosive as hell from what I remember, but I, I, I presumably him and Tua would have some chemistry, so maybe that's like that's a plus thing that to consider. Uh, Will Fuller is there? Uh, you know, I, it's Will it's all like, interesting. He's yeah, interesting. He, he is that interesting. ride receiver core is fast. Yeah, Albert Wilson is another guy I kind of like. Um, Devontae Parker, I always love. I him. love Devontae Parker. Yeah. I think he's like a. He always look when we've played them. He's been a guy that gives us problems, and you know his stats aren't that impressive. But I, I I feel like a lot of that might be who was that? Okay, Robbie Anderson, right? Like he was like on the Jets, and people are like, well, all he can do is like he's just a long ball guy. That's it. He's like U.S. Carolina. He's fucking what was like twelve hundred yards receiving, whatever the hell it was. Long ball guys are like useful because turns out like completing deep throws is really good for your chances of scoring. i mean like i I never understood this critique and like that's why i i actually i know the dolphins don't have like a great like 
contested catch guy. But, like, I don't really think that fucking matters. Like, I mean, if you're going to run three guys out there that could just run vertical straight down the field, you're going to force the other team to play in, like, these deep zone, block, like, deep kind of, like, cover two, cover four-y type stuff. And that means you can just dink and dunk them with your tight ends and your running backs. Like all, So if you have a guy like Tua, all Tua needs to show is like one out of three times he can complete those deep throws. And then everything else is going to open up. So I actually mm-hmm. like what they did at receiver. I Again, I just, I don't know, like, is Tua, like, if his greatest asset is dink and dunks. I mean, then yeah. you're talking Rod Taylor, right? Or Kirk Cousins or whoever. Not yeah. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like, I, I do like their weapons. I guess, I, I don't know, I just, something about that team, it just feels like, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm, I'm like, I look at the defensive side of the ball, especially, and I'm like, who who is, like, your game changer here? Like, who are, who are the guys that you're like, like, okay, they have Xavier Howard, right? He's he's the cornerback mm-hmm. they got. Like, he's yeah. really good. And then, I mean, they paid out of their ass for him, though. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm, like, be, being way too down on them. I like them. I just... It kind of feels less than what I would have hoped for, but I don't know. Again, like I, maybe their draft was awesome and I totally wrong, and they're gonna end up killing it this year and win the division. Who the hell knows? The one player I keep coming back to is Will Fuller because he used to play mm-hmm. for the Texans. He he has the ability to be one of those you know down the field guys. My concern with him has always been durability. He's always hurt. He's wasn't only... he great? Did, was he? Did he get suspended? His rookie year. Was he the one that got suspended last year? Yeah, he's suspended going yeah. into this season. Um, okay. I, I believe. But he's only played more than 11 games once, and that was his rookie year. Since then, it's been 10, 7, 11, and 11. Wow. He gets hurt yeah. a lot. He can And, I mean, again, I think the Dolphins are doing replication, right? All all those top three receivers do the exact same thing. Like, mm. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and what I think Jalen Waddle will be this year are all going to be more or less the same guy. Yeah, uh, they're going to beat you with speed, and right. so I, I mean, what? What I actually am surprised they did not keep Fitzpatrick because, like, if I see those three receivers and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm like, okay, this seems just going to have games where they score like sixty points, mm-hmm. um, because Fitzpatrick is just like just like bombing the ball down the field and the receivers are catching it. I mean, they'll have games where they don't score at all, but I, like with Tua, I just I don't, I don't know if like. He is strong enough to make those throws. I mean, I think if you're the Dolphins, part of you hopes not, and then you get a new quarterback next year. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was trying to think I'm with you. Like, I I think they'll it's get It's not second. bad. Yeah, it's not no. bad. Just like, and I think their coaching is good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think they'll get good. second. I re- I'm really low on the Patriots. I think, like, I, I, the, I, the Patriots make it last in that division. I... Um, like having kind of looked back at the 49ers defense this year where like they got rid of now Browns defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, unfortunately for the Browns. Um, and, and they brought, <laughs> they, they, they get all these injuries and then it's like, okay, Robert Sal, like you have to redesign this defense. And he did like mid season, they stopped running that Seattle scheme. Like they totally switched to kind of much more cover two, cover forty. not just sort of like what the bills did. And, like, he did that mid-season. I actually, like, I was not high on him last year when the Browns were talking to him, but I think that was a good hire by the Jets. I, I, do I know if he'll be a good coach? No, but they, they brought in uh, McDaniels, too, from San Francisco to run that offense. 
it, it's it's like at least all of their like none of their all of their decisions and this is the thing I always like again I don't follow the NFL to the same degree I follow NBA but like if your decisions broadly make sense that is generally a good trend right like mm-hmm. when I see the Jets under Joe Douglas more or less I think he has made correct or not even correct but reasonable fundamentally sound decisions at every point so even if I disagree with like like there were a lot of people that didn't like that he didn't bring back Robbie Anderson um I thought that was like a reasonable like you know what we're we're not I'm not going to commit long-term dollars to this guy because we're just not at that point yet and you um, get a comp pick yeah and he he admitted it like he actually said he had a press conference and he talked about it he was like he's like I think they straight up asked him like do you think that was a mistake and he said something like, you know, I always think he's like, that's actually he says something like that was a decision that he always thinks about. He always goes back and thinks about it. Um, and I think that's like very interesting to have a GM that's like that self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you look at the moves they made, they added they've added wide receiver talent, right? Like um, they drafted what's his, they drafted Denzel Mims last year. Uh, they drafted Elijah Moore this year, who look the Jets, yeah, the Jets beat guys have been like, you know, they're creaming them press. Yeah, they're creaming <laughs> themselves over this guy. Like that's the only way to say it. Like every single day during uh, mini camp, I'd see like tweets that were just like Elijah Moore like can't be covered in the red zone, and it was like it, it was constant. Um, I, I we already talked about Corey Davis. Jamison Crowder is fine. He's like a good player. Like, yeah, that, that's a slot receiver. Yeah, he's a good player. Like that's that's a really solid core um of of receiving talent. I think, and you know. Uh, I I just broadly think they have like a pretty good idea now of like what they're trying to be. Um, they actually have NFL talent on the roster, mm-hmm. and I I'm yeah I would say I'm pretty bullish on the Jets. Not so much as not so far as like what they'll do this season. Like they might win six games, seven games a season, um, but I think it'll be in a way that you'll be happy if you're a Jets fan because it's gonna be like a lot of young guys showing signs and doing a lot of the heavy lifting and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Even their running back situation, like LaMichael Perrine was pretty decent, I think. Um, I and they're going to run that 49ers offense. I mean, their running yeah. game is going to be good. They're, they're going to rely a lot on that running game. So, yeah, yeah I'm... They get CJ Mosley back this year, too. So we'll see what yeah. he looks like after two years off. Yeah, I mean, I... I <laughs> yeah, to me, like, if I'm thinking AFCs, I think Bills are clearly the number one team. Like, clearly the number one team. Mm-hmm. But, like, all you guys have to play each other a few times. So, what could happen to me is a team like Miami gets four wins off New England and the Jets, and Jets beat New England twice. And all of a sudden, New England's, like, one and five or two and four in the division. And then, like, it's this weird, like, record division, right, where the Bills probably have 12-ish wins, give or take, 12 or more. Uh, and the Dolphins could be like nine and eight, I guess, is the new record because they're mm-hmm. 17 games now, which is fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I am, I, I think the Patriots are going to be really bad this year. I also think we saw last year is, and like James, I know you like McDaniel's. I, I think we saw that offense last year. Mm-hmm. McDaniel's is still probably good. It wasn't a lot of talent, but no, that I, that Tom offense Brady was, was asking just... a lot of shit for them. Well, well, yes, Tom Brady was asking a lot of things, but the skill position players and skill position talent they had in that roster was putrid. Their yeah. best receiver no, was, was Julian Edelman. The question is, how much was he asking? Uh, right? Like, yeah, 
I, I love Julian Edelman, but he was their best receiver, and when that, he's your best receiver, you're you're fucked. Well, now they're losing <laughs> their best receiver in Nikhil Harry, who's like demanded a trade, and which he is stinks. like the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, like it was like when David Njoku did last year for the Browns, like I demanded to be traded. Like, dude, like you barely get on the field. Nobody gives a shit that you're demanding a trade. Like nobody cares. <laughs> Only your agent cares. That's it. Right. That's the only person that cares. Pretty much. I mean, that they that and Kill Harry pick is hilarious because of like all the receiving talent in that draft. Yeah. It's hilarious. The guys that they passed on. Um, but yeah, I, I I I'm very bearish on the on the Patriots. I just don't I don't get how your plan for quarterback was like, yeah, we'll bring back Cam and then and then we'll draft Mac Jones. I mean, they're going to run two completely different offenses with those quarterbacks. It doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. they're not. I mean, I think that's really, I think they're, I think whichever one they go, and I think it'll be Mac Jones, will be the offense they run. God, I hope so, because, I mean, their strengths are entirely different. And you can argue that Cam might not have any strengths anymore. So that's a problem. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's also like, I mean, again, the wide receiving talent is just. Laughable. It's it's cool that you have all these tight ends and stuff, but like, like, what is your? I don't know how teams are just going to be defending them in a box. Like, yeah, you're not stretching the field. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, like John Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. That's not Gronk. Okay, like it's not. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not Gronk. So so like you can't like it. It really it does feel a lot like reaching for what worked in the past. Mm-hmm. rather than trying to like make the best out of what is available to you currently. That's what that's kind of how I felt watching their offseason and just over the last year or so. Um we'll see. I know don't they have a, they they do have a lot of guys coming back that opted out, right? From on the defense? Yeah, yeah quite a few do. guys. The did, defense so is going to be better help. again. I think that defense will be back. I mean, I I still think Belichick can coach a defense, and I think that defense will have its talent back. I I just I think the offense may be even worse this year, especially without Nikhil Harry. Oh come on, the legend <laughs> Nelson Aguilar is going to be there. Come on. Oh, I forgot they got him. Yeah, they it, paid him like crazy though too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't understand that at the time. He was a best of three receiver his entire career, and now it's like, oh hey, well um, you're going to be our number one guy now. I was fun. like, he was clearly a guy that like. Gruden just knew how to use in his system and get the max out of. And like you're paying him now because Gruden knows how to use him in his system. Like that's such a bad that that's just like terrible strategic logic. Uh, did, um, did Gruden know how to use him or did he just fall ass backwards into a guy that had a career season? Yeah, I mean that could be it too. It, it <laughs> totally could be it. But like I tend to think as much as much as like I like making fun of Gruden, like I do think that offensively he definitely is good. I, yeah, I think Gruden's really good offensively. Like, if you look at their scripted plays, like the first 15 plays of every game, like the Raiders were by far the most efficient offense in the NFL. Like, I think second may have been the Browns, and there was, like, a really significant difference. Yeah, like, I, I'm uh, offensively, I mean, he's doing that with David Carr, too, like as his quarterback. Right. Or Derek Carr, sorry. Yeah. David Carr, shout out. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I think he's, like, he knows what's – either way, the point being is, like – Josh McDaniels without Tom Brady has proven himself to be Josh McDaniels. Um, so, like, I I don't know. I, I'm very bearish on that team. It does feel like they're still kind of striving. I mean, I don't what I what the other thing I don't get is like why do you 
the, that, the whole Brady thing was so weird where they like basically made a contract situation where he had to leave. And then like, wouldn't you just, that feels like the perfect time to be like, Hey, Bill, this is like, this has been amazing, but it's time to, you know, fucking, we want to just start fresh and have everything. New. Like I don't, it just feels really weird. Everything there feels static and it doesn't feel like fun at all to be there. I don't know. I, it just, I would be not, I mean, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd probably be happy because I would have experienced what six fucking Super Bowls. So maybe yeah, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. But like, I, it's, it, it does feel very kind of, um, I don't even know. It's it just like very stuck. Everything just feels very old and tired. I mean, that team could be like, I know that defense is getting better and they'll win some games. If that team won only three games this year or four games this year, I would not be shocked. It wouldn't shock me. Would they won six last year? Yeah, and they're worse this year. Oh, go to Vegas, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, they're three fifty to one to win the division, which is like an absurdly hot. Like, I wish I like I would short the shit out of that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're pretty much in a consensus about the the teams in the division here. It's pretty much like Buffalo, Patriots are at the bottom, and the Jets and Dolphins are going to fight each other. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty bullish, relatively speaking, for the Jets. I I feel like they're a team that if you get a couple of rookies that are productive straight away, they they might surprise a few teams. I I could see them having a fun little season. Even if Mims just plays better with a quarterback with a decent arm, like yeah, right. I mean that that changes everything. Yep. Oh, one 100%. thing about the Jets, I forgot to mention uh, about their uh, their off season. They managed to get something for Sam Darnold. That that yeah. is a miracle. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Like like if you just look at the value of the moves that Joe, Joe Douglas has gotten value for basically everything that he's done. So. Um, he's doing a very good job uh, so far. I mean, like this. This, to be fair, this is also like the. It's easy to be smart when all you're trying to do is get value in terms of assets. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to continue that when you're building the team out, and you know you got to start paying guys and actually adding wins to the roster and stuff like that. But off to a good start for sure. It, it, you're, you're talking to the the two right people who happen to root for a certain team. And we're discussing <laughs> that particular strategy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess like, what do you guys think about the the Browns this season? Um, expecting them to to progress further, or are we like maybe they will just hang out in the same kind of area in the league, or what do you think? I think they're going to start slow. I think teams will have figured out the Stefanski team just a little bit. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more daring Baker to throw. I think they get better in the half. I, I actually think this year looks very similar to last year where season starts slow. They figured out towards the end. I think the one advantage to that this year is all of our division games are at the end of the year. So I think the Browns, like we had a, Kyle on last week uh, and he made the point like he's like the Browns probably can win this division just like by beating the Ravens once out of one out of two times instead of losing both mm-hmm. and like I think he's right and so I I really uh, like I, I the Browns may win the division and get knocked out in the playoffs um, 
if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, the Packers are an easy win. So I'm pretty, I'm actually, I think they will be very similar to last year. I I don't expect too much improvement on the offense. I think the defense will improve significantly. Um, And then we'll just see. And so my minimum expectation, I guess, is to get where they got to last season. So a, a divisional round loss would be where I have them. Uh, mm. I would be ecstatic, and they would be above my expectations if they somehow made it to a conference championship game. But a divisional round loss is about where I have them at again. And that's that's mainly because with the offense, like what Jordan just said, that teams are going to figure it out a little <laughs> bit. They're going to have to adjust. They have to change some things. And while we did see changes last year, a lot of the changes were out of necessity because of Odell being out. And after out. the bye week. And after the bye week. after the bye week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. this offense, it, it, they're going to start the season. I think Stefanski will walk, like, Stefanski seems like too smart of a guy to, like, walk in with the exact same scheme. Uh, but I think well, it'll look very similar to, like, what happened in the 49ers to start this year before all the injuries, which was, like, it was still working, but you could tell, like, it just wasn't at 100%. Like, teams had started to figure out kind of the what the – 49ers were going for one type of run. It was like those boom plays. And they figured it out. And I actually think Stefanski was a much more versatile coach than Shanahan has been his entire career. Not that he's better. Uh, I I think what will happen is Baker will start slow again. And then they'll have to change the offense, dumb it down a little bit. And we'll see after the bye week. I think they'll be fine. But I, uh, yeah, we play the Chiefs start the year. I think that game may be a blowout. Chiefs way? Yeah, no, I think the Chiefs could win by like 20 points, maybe more. It'll probably just come down to who wants it more. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, uh, if you talk to certain people who like to cover the Browns, I'm going to tell you it's going to come down to speed and that the Browns don't have enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Well, it's... not no, Schwinn, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It was fun to uh, bullshit about football for a while. I completely forgot uh, about football. And then you reminded me today. <laughs> Did I? Uh, well, Jay, I think this is when James asks anything to plug. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got to plug? It is. Uh, I don't have much to plug, I guess. Uh, if, you, um, if you're into basketball and for some reason you're a Browns fan that likes the Knicks, uh, check out um, our podcast, Pod Strickland. Uh, it's on the website, thestrick.land. Um, check that out. We do two episodes a week. We have draft. We have a draft specific pod going on right now. If uh, once a week, if that's if that's your thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. That's all I got. By the way, great pod name. By the way, Pod Thank Strickland. You. So good. As soon as I saw that, Mike, <laughs> that is just genius. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. But uh, that will do it for this episode of the This Is Believe on Real Browns Fans podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, both websites, This Is Believeland and Real Browns Fans. And it will also be up on my YouTube page as well. Jordan, any parting words? Uh, go Browns, and I hope my Bills predictions are right because I'm about to go short the Patriots. Ha, 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 ha,